Hello and welcome to this week's episode of The Digital Download. I'm Kate Hamer, I run a marketing and digital consultancy, Kate Hamer Limited. I've worked in large brands like Unilever, Disney and L'Oreal for over 15 years and a decade of that was in digital. I know how hard it can be to keep up to date with the fast moving world of digital, so this podcast will hopefully help you by giving you a summary of the past week's news and I also discuss key topics in the industry. Thanks to everyone, as always, who's downloaded it. Do subscribe, do leave a review. Thanks to people who are giving me feedback. It really is useful and I want to make sure that this is your podcast. So do tweet me at LTD or email kate at katehamer.com with any feedback, questions or topics that you'd like me to cover. So we have had a fortnight break in the Digital Download podcast, so a bumper edition with lots of news this week. There's now going to be another fortnight break, so do let me know if you feel that this uh, gap between podcasts is okay. Next weekend, I am going to be busy working on the first Call Column or football fan shows that we'll be doing through an app and a mobile optimised website, so keep an eye out for that. I'll be tweeting about it. I'll maybe even talk about it in the following podcast, but the next podcast will be out on the 14th of November. So let's get cracking. Social media to begin with, as always, starting with Facebook. So there were a couple of interesting stats that Social Bakers tweeted out on Facebook this week around video. 85% of videos are played without sound and 94% are auto-played within the feed. So definitely bear that in mind when you're creating any videos for your Facebook pages. Can people get the gist of it without sound? You'll see quite a lot of people are starting to caption videos now, um, and I think they're given priority by Facebook in the newsfeed as well. Secondly, Facebook have launched a thing called Blueprint, which is a collaboration with journalists. So recognizing that people are finding out more news from social networks they've launched this training and feedback program so it's free online courses which are for journalists to find and repurpose content across Facebook and Instagram before news stories go viral so they're obviously focusing on competing with Twitter who are very much known for being that kind of instant news destination And their manager of journalism partnerships, Ayn Kerr, has said there's an appetite for finding content before it goes viral, before it trends and in a breaking news scenario. So there's three core pillars to the blueprint uh, proposition, helping journalists find user-generated rich images, video and text that's newsworthy, verifying it and repurposing it deciding which products they should use. So Facebook Live, 360 video mentions, instant articles, etc. And then helping them build an audience around it. And they think that geolocation is very good for Instagram because obviously people geotag their posts and that makes it really easy for journalists to get a date, a source and a location for a piece of content. So the idea is for Facebook to act as a one-stop shop for journalists and editors Uh, so that they can get all the content they need. 
they're not planning on making any changes to the way breaking news content is actually pushed out on the platform so it won't be quite the same as twitter in terms of that instant feed they still are saying that they're prioritizing friends and family first in people's news feeds but uh, watch this space for how they continue to work with journalists You might also have seen, if you've been out and about this week, that Facebook have started doing some above-the-line adverts promoting Facebook Live. So they've got some videos that show um, the countdown to real-life live moments that Facebook users have shared publicly on the platform. They've also done some quite clever things like bus stop ads that say how to go live when you see someone walking an animal that's not a dog. There's also one in an airport luggage carousel saying how to go live while everyone's waiting for the first suitcase to drop and they step-by-step talk you through how to shoot a live post. Speaking of streaming, they've done a development to the iOS app you might have noticed it's apparently rolling out to Android users soon but basically you can now stream your Facebook content onto a TV so there's an image like the kind of Chromecast Apple TV image and you click that at the top of your feed and then you can choose the devices that are available to stream to that's obviously uh, a whole new opportunity in terms of what people are broadcasting live through the platform. The other benefit is that you can be watching a video from your Facebook feed on your TV, but you can continue to scroll through your news feed. So you've still got that two screen experience. And one last thing on streaming and Facebook, the streaming of the presidential debate, there's been a study done that was in an article on Mashable talking about the latency of the stream and Facebook delivered its stream at a 13 second delay on average. Uh, For some viewers, it was as low as seven seconds, which made it the fastest option. The cable option was 12 seconds delay, satellite was 20 seconds on average, and the slowest was Bloomberg at 56. So Facebook right behind cable TV in terms of that latency. So uh, again, I think mainstream broadcasters will be starting to be nervous about these networks and how they can get content into people's homes. On to Instagram, just saw a little rumor reported in the drum that Instagram is testing live video functionality. So this was a Russian news site that um, had some images showing live video options with a red button saying go Insta. And it was apparently discovered by a user who was running a beta version of Instagram on Android. So it would make sense that that would come as well. Obviously, Instagram owned by Facebook and live video being the uh, flavor of the day at the moment. Staying on video, moving on to YouTube. They had their upfronts last week where they were presenting to all of their attendees about everything they had on offer. And they had a bit of a shot at rivals such as Facebook by saying that people continue to watch not scroll posts and that 96% of people watching are doing so with the sound on and that people are spending an average session time of 40 minutes on YouTube so clearly uh, having a pop at Facebook and the fact that so many of their videos are watched without sound. On to messaging apps, Wire messaging app Uh, which I haven't used personally, has introduced a feature where you can have timed messages. So it has the end-to-end encryption that WhatsApp has as well. And you can have some elements of a chat 
permanent and others disappearing within the conversation. So quite good if you're sending people passwords and things, but also you can do it for pictures, videos, links, etc. So you have to have the latest version of the app, but it's available for Android and iOS desktop and the web as well. And then one thing on WhatsApp, there's some beta versions of WhatsApp for Android that are now including video calls. So you literally pull up a contact in the app, tap the call button and choose video call. So it looks very much like FaceTime. Again, was inevitable that that would come, just seems to be on Android beta at the moment, but watch this space. On to Snap Inc, the parent company of Snapchat. It looks like Snapchat might be moving to pay their media partners on Discover a different way. So paying them a flat license fee up front for the content rather than sharing ad revenues. So again, it's a company that's trying to look at its model for generating revenue. It would make sense that they want to try and keep that ad revenue themselves that they generate. So it would give them full control of their ad inventory and they're hoping to set up the new deals in the next month apparently. On to Twitter, they announced their Q3 2016 earnings results last Thursday. They announced that they're laying off 350 employees, which amounts to about 9% of its global workforce. And they're saying the restructuring allows them to continue to fully fund their highest priorities while eliminating investment in non-core areas and driving greater efficiency. So they are reporting accelerating year-over-year growth for daily active usage. So 317 million monthly active users up 3% year on year. And in terms of their quarterly revenue, it was $616 million, which was up 8% year on year, with a net loss of $103 million. Advertising revenue was $545 million, that was 6% up year on year. And mobile ad revenue was 90% of the total ad revenue. I've put a link to the full report on the companion page. There, I also saw an article this week talking about Twitter's ad carousel format, which allows brands to aggregate multiple tweets into a, into a carousel that people can swipe through. So they're still testing them out, have been doing since June. They're not available to everyone at the moment, just a limited number of partners. They were tested, for example, for NBC Universal's The Secret Life of Pets, where they were clicked on 22% more often than Twitter ads for other entertainment companies. And the cost per engagement was 6% lower than the industry benchmark. So they seem to work well. Again, I've put a link through so that you can see what they look like and see more of the different agencies and brands that have used them so far. And then finally on Twitter, they announced on Thursday that they're closing down Vine, uh, which led to the hashtag RIP Vine being used all over Twitter, which was good actually. It was a good way to see the very best of Vine before it was gone. I think it was inevitable really that Vine didn't really know where it belonged anymore. As soon as Twitter released native video within the platform, that was what a lot of people were using Vine for. So as soon as they could upload video straight to Twitter, there wasn't such a need for Vine. Vine was brilliant for super creative people who did some really clever stuff across a six second restriction. But I think the bulk of us... uh, common people were really using it for quite boring things and you can use native video in the same way for that. 
Just one thing on Periscope, so they've launched a VIP program. Initially, they did, were saying that people had to have a certain number of followers to be classed as bronze, silver or gold within this VIP program. But they have responded to feedback from users who were saying it's not about your followers on Periscope, it's about your views. So now it's based on average live viewers per broadcast as to whether your account gets badged. And then once you join the VIP program, you get the opportunity to work closely with Periscope on show ideas. There's an opportunity to get your show featured in their live content section when you're doing it as I learn more about it because one of my clients is on it and uh, will be using it from next weekend to do some good shows I'll let you know uh, how it's going and what developments are coming on to Pinterest some interesting stats from them this week so 55% of users use Pinterest to find and shop for products and that's versus 12% of users on Facebook and Instagram 75% of all saved pins are coming from business profiles. So it's really clear that Pinterest is a great option for driving particularly e-commerce sales. So they have 2 billion searches every month. Um, 100 million people around the world have already saved 75 billion ideas on Pinterest. Uh, and this article that I was reading was talking about how you can have a good search strategy within Pinterest because it's obviously a bit different in terms of the way that people are visually searching compared to the Googles of the world. So again, there's a link on the companion page if you want to have a look at that. On to Microsoft. So they are offering Outlook.com Premium for email. So for $20 a year, you don't get any ads in your inbox and you can have five personalized email addresses with a custom domain. It's gonna go up to $50 a year soon. So this is like a, a new starter offer. Um, obviously going up against Google's G Suite, which is about $5 per user per month. It's currently only available in the US, I'm afraid, for any UK listeners, but uh, might be worth a look at that if you're in the US. Google have introduced a fact-checking news tag within Google News. Google News articles will include the fact-check label if the story includes the schema.org claim review markup or is published by a site that follows commonly accepted criteria for fact-checks. So this is on a mission to try to help readers find stories that have got the best um, facts and data within them. Spotify, you might have seen, have also launched an above the line campaign in the UK in the last week or so. So it's outdoor, digital and social. And it's to promote a emotional response from both new and old customers. In particular, they're focusing on their playlist capability and the fact that there are both human curated playlists and also algorithmic playlists. I do wish that they would sort out Discover Weekly. I think my Discover should actually be called This Cover because basically they look at any song that I've listened to and then suggest that I listen to that same song sung by someone else. But maybe that's just me. Let me know if you're getting a similar Spotify experience. So in terms of them, they've got 100 million monthly active users, 40 million paying subscribers. Their revenue rose 80% last year to 1.95 billion euros. 
and losses slid 10% to 173 million euros. So they're still saying that last year was their best ever year, but again, not making a profit yet. So hopefully this above the line advertising will drive some more awareness for them. Last week, Apple unveiled their new MacBook Pro. It's lighter and slimmer than other versions. Slightly annoying that I bought a MacBook Pro maybe two months ago, if that. Um, again, I've linked on the companion page to all the spec of it. I won't go through all of that on here. Again, quite a lot of humour on Twitter around the launch. Seems that Apple keep changing all the blooming adapters and cables and things that you need, which is quite frustrating. But check all that out on the companion page. And then there were quite a few things around advertising that I read in the last couple of weeks. So I thought I'd bring them all together in a little advertising section. So firstly, Fox Sports for the World Series last week, rather than cutting to a commercial break, went to their studio booth for some in-game analysis, but it was brought to you in association with T-Mobile. It's a new way of getting some branding into the show. They recognise that people kind of fast forward the ads or leave the room. So instead they had their hosts in the studio, but they had the T-Mobile logo plastered on the studio desk, a graphic on the bottom of the screen, and then the break ended with the presenter doing a 30-second live read about the T-Mobile One campaign. So again, an interesting way to integrate advertisers rather than just putting their standard ads that maybe people are becoming a bit blind to. On to some stats around viewability of ads. According to the IAB and the Media Ratings Council definitions, the UK is performing worse than the international average for online ad viewability. So those groups recommend that 50% of online ads should be in view for at least one second and only 49% of buys are reaching that metric, according to the Q3 viewability report. So this is up from 47% in Q2, but we're still performing well below other European countries. They think it equates to about £615 million wasted annually on non-viewable banner ads alone. So the IAB and PwC's ad spend figures estimate that poor viewability is costing UK advertisers about £154 million a quarter. Video ads do better than others. They get 68% viewability, over 50% in view for at least two seconds. Also within the PwC IAB study, we've seen that the amount spent on mobile display ads has now overtaken that of PC and tablet for the first time. So £802 million on mobile versus £762 million on PC and tablet. So overall, in the first half, there was a 16.4% rise in digital spend, which is the highest first half growth rate for two years. Mobile spends up 56% and video is the fastest growing format at 67%. Again, I've put a link to that whole article within the companion page. And then finally, in terms of ad formats, obviously Snapchat has the snap ads between stories now that have a really strong focus on user experience and quality creative. Instagram and Facebook have followed suit with Instagram have got their stories. Facebook has introduced full page canvas ads. 
So all three of these platforms are offering brands a full mobile screen to tell their stories, which is a real move away from the kind of tiny in-app banners and even the native ads in feed that we were uh, pushed to do in the past. And it gives a lot more flexibility creatively, but it's also a much better experience for the user and is probably going to get much more interaction than things that are clearly ads that people can scroll past in the feed. So I think that's something to be thinking about for your brand in terms of how you're doing advertising and how you can really maximise these full screen opportunities. I've just embedded a tweet on the companion page with Gartner's predictions for IT organisations from 2017 onwards. There's some quite interesting ones in there. So by 2020, 100 million consumers will shop in augmented reality. By 2020, 30% of web browsing sessions will be done without a screen. By 2019, 20% of brands will abandon their mobile apps. I think that probably will happen because I think the more things you can do within mobile optimized sites the less need you have for an app but uh, anyway have a look at them on the companion page and let me know if you've got any opinions on those as well now on to some news from brands from this week you might have seen a couple of days ago there was a story in the press about uber they have lost the right to class their drivers as self-employed i think they are going to contest it but that could obviously have a big impact on the whole gig economy in terms of people being connected by app to customers and then serving them in whatever way uh, again there's a link to the article on the companion page Quaker Oats has set up a pop-up oat cafe to highlight us coming into porridge season. So it's in East London at the old Truman Brewery and it's there um, just from the 28th to the 30th of October. In fact, it will be gone by the time you listen to this. But what they're doing is serving dishes as dictated by Instagram. So they'll rotate them every half hour in accordance with the popularity of each dish on Instagram. I've also embedded a promoted tweet from Shredded Wheat on the companion page for Prize Dive. I really am unsure of the link between their brand and this, but basically they have a box of shredded wheat hanging from the ceiling over a swimming pool and people jump off a diving board to try and reach out and grab the shredded wheat. And I think they can win £150 if they manage to get hold of it. But I imagine what will mostly be shredded will be people's muscles and bodies as they belly flop into the water to try and get this box of shredded wheat, which will also be soggy once they've gone in the water. So have a look. Maybe I'm missing some advertising angle. A few things from health charities this week. So the NHS are doing a cool thing with their Twitter where it's being taken over by either a new patient or a member of NHS staff each week and they're going to share their experiences live. So definitely worth a follow there, a great use of social media. The British Heart Foundation run a great campaign called Restart a Heart. Again, I've embedded these two tweets on the companion page, but they ran it to coincide with Restart a Heart Day, which is an initiative to train more people to learn CPR. And basically you like the tweet by pressing the heart and then you get a tweet back and the bulk of people will get a tweet 90 percent of them will get a tweet saying that they're unlucky and they wouldn't have their heart restarted because people just don't start cpr they might phone for an ambulance but the important thing 
is to start CPR because less than one in 10 people survive a cardiac arrest. So a really great campaign to highlight the importance of knowing what to do in those situations. And then Give Blood NHS have tied up with the MOBO Awards and Lady Leisure has sung a specific song for them. They're doing quite a lot of ads on Twitter around it because only 3% of blood donors are black or Asian and there's a real need, obviously, for more donors to come forward. So great idea to tie up with the MOBO Awards. Again, that is embedded on the companion page. And just in general, everyone, Give Blood... I didn't for years because I was a wimp and actually it's okay. It's not as bad as I thought it was going to be. You can do it like seven minutes start to finish. So definitely worth doing. On to Unilever. So they are using a Facebook bot to encourage kids to clean their teeth. So it's with their brand Signal Pepsodent. And at the moment this is happening in Indonesia and Vietnam. And they've basically got 21 episodes of a little animation which is a story that encourages parents and kids to clean their teeth so it's called little brush big brush and it's set in different countries all over the world and families when they sign up to this messenger bot they're asked lots of questions and they answer these questions through the bot and then it personalizes the video so they get an episode each evening on their phone and they have to complete this brushing challenge to unlock special rewards and take them to the next episode. Coca-Cola in North America have brought all of their social media into the North American Social Center. So it's a real-time newsroom to manage social media marketing for all of the Coca-Cola trademark brands, so Diet Coke, Fanta, Sprite, etc., and it's staffed by 55 people, including marketers for Coca-Cola North America, but also execs from agencies, possible Havas and publicist-owned Moxie. And they're focusing on listening and analytics, content strategy, creation and publishing, community management, marketing science, legal and media buying. So they used to have lots of different agencies managing different accounts and now they've brought it all in under one umbrella. And the key thing really is that they want to be able to learn as they're going and that makes more sense to all be in the same place to do that. Walmart, so obviously US retailer, but they also own Asda in the UK, have launched their own TV and movie streaming service, but rather than a subscription fee, it's supported by pre and mid-roll advertising. So it's called Voodoo Movies, V-U-D-U. And they did already have an offering on the platform that they bought in 2010 where they could rent and buy films and TV programs, but it didn't really do much, especially as Netflix and Amazon Video came out. So now they're going to have older titles like Mad Max and School of Rock for free, but there'll be adverts. And their research has shown that their customers would rather have adverts than pay a subscription fee. And they've also brought Nielsen on board to measure it because obviously it could become quite a good ad platform for them. And finally, Budweiser have completed the world's first commercial shipment by self-driving truck. So they sent a beer-filled tractor trailer 120 miles through Colorado. So they had a driver sitting in the sleeper berth but not even sitting in the seat with the wheel um, and the trip was completed without intervention 
The lorry was provided by Otto, which has recently been bought by Uber. And Anheuser-Busch have said they hope to see self-driving technology widely deployed. It'll cut the number of accidents, noting that nearly half of fatalities in the US occur on highways. So the future of deliveries is here. So that's all of the news for the last couple of weeks. Thanks for listening. Do let me know if you found it useful. Do tweet me at LTD or email kate at kate And I will be back on the 14th of November. Bye.